Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Hoplo. It happened this weekend. We're on the Blizzard Watch podcast. We're going to talk about it now. So, uh, hi, I'm Matt. We have Liz and Joe with us. Uh, we're going to, uh, seriously, we are going to start talking about Diablo right now. Liz, go. Ah, what did I, okay. Diablo, Diablo 4 beta was this past weekend for early access. So if you pre-ordered the game, you might have had a chance to play. It was pretty great. Um, I mean, when I say pretty great, I mean, I can say really, wow, I've totally already backtracked on that. Because I could say some really bad things about it, but overall, I had a lot of fun. And, uh, like, over the course of the beta, I started liking it. Like, the more I played, the more I was enjoying playing. Uh, A friend of mine mine said that the first 10 to 15 levels felt like they were just, like, what what is happening? Why am I here? And then, like, after you get to about 10 to 15, it starts to, combat starts to open up. And the Mm -hmm. world starts to open up. And then starts to feel really good. And I kind of agreed. I kind of agree that that's what happens. Yeah, I I feel like it felt very, I've heard very different opinions about this, but to me it felt very samey for the first few levels, for maybe the first dozen levels. It felt like, okay, why am I playing this and not just playing Diablo 3? Because it feels like I'm playing Diablo 3. Because uh, I was playing a rogue and I was worried that, oh, I'm not going to be able, able to play kind of the demon hu- demon hunter class style, which I kind of like. Uh, but no, no, your rogue is just a demon hunter who can also use daggers. You have all of your demon hunter stuff, even to the skill names. And uh, you're just an arrow machine gun. It's pretty great, but uh, it took a while for it to start feeling like more than just Diablo 3. It does have a really interesting talent system, which mm-hmm. uh, frequently seems to get compared to Diablo 2's talent system more than Diablo 3's. And I do think it has more depth over the long term, but very early on in the talent system, it feels very restrictive. Yeah, the first, I think I was writing, I've been working on the what class to play thing. Yeah. And I think one of the lines I said was, your first thing you're going to do is you're going you're gonna to be dealing with your resource generation attacks. Mm-hmm. And those are very samey and you just, yeah. you pick one, you max it out and then you go from there. It is. So the first, at least to level eight, your play, your play style is literally just hitting the same button over and over again. Yeah. It's very, and, it's very slow to get started. Yeah. In, in general, I felt like it was slower than Diablo three, mm-hmm. but with periods, like as you go further into levels, like around level 15 to level 25, it gets 
punctuated madness in the encounters like because more stuff is happening so it's like yeah. it's like your normal mode is playing like at about like one and a half diablo twos like faster than <laughs> d2 but slower than d3 so normally it's like that but then you hit like a big encounter like a large pack or some elites or like a boss and then it goes to like two diablo threes. like it's uh. very hectic and then you go through your abilities to try and control things and, and winnow it down. And then it drops back to like one and a half Diablo twos or two thirds of a Diablo three in terms of its, its pacing. Um, but I agree with you that the, at first it doesn't feel very different. I mean, the UI is almost exactly the same. Yes, it really it is. is. Yeah. It, it is basically, and you know, to a degree, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Uh, yeah. the Diablo three UI works fine, but it, it doesn't, help you get the feeling that you're in a different game until you start the world opens up after the initial bit where you like you're you you wake up in a hole in the ground and you like try and get yourself someplace warm and then you come to a village and they're like hero do hero things uh and then something's you go do the hero things and then something happens and then okay this wasn't where i was thought it was going to be um so yeah I, I try not to spoil anything story-wise but it is it, it's definitely I, I think I said to my wife when she asked me what I thought of it, that, that it is going to be a very polarizing Diablo game, but that it might actually be the best Diablo game that has ever come out. Uh, I felt like by the time I got done playing it, which was Monday when they were, they were finally shutting off the servers uh, because I had missed a day. So I was like, no nope, playing as much as I can until I shut it off. Um, <laughs> once you get to a certain point, it really starts to feel like it's got a lot going on. It's it's, there's a lot of systems. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of, you You could basically, you could ignore a lot of the main quest and just go from town to town doing all the radiance quest type stuff. And you could be playing for like days. Oh, doing yeah. just, uh, just, just in the starting thing we, we see, we get a whole bunch of, like, did you do the quest where the lady asks you to go out into the woods to help her find her husband who ran off with some strange woman? Uh, Yeah, that was yeah. horrible. Yeah, horrible, weird. And also like, what? Like, just, dude, like, what's wrong with you? Like, do you not know where you live? This is sanctuary. You do not go into the woods with a strange woman. Like, really, man? I, I don't know. I don't know about you, Nan. You don't really deserve and, and of course, at the end of that quest, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to end well for everybody. Uh, this is not at all going to turn out to be the wrong move on my part. Oh, no, I know. But, uh, like, like I, I helped. Did you do the quest where you helped the guy get his eyes back? Uh, yeah. That that ends badly. A lot of quests end badly. Yeah, the, the, the noise I just made is a noise you're going to make a lot. Um, it is. People go on about it being visually darker than Diablo 3, and I honestly didn't notice that much of a difference. I mean, it is visually darker, but it's not like... If you played Diablo 3, you didn't feel like that was like a light show. Uh, yeah, I never did. Yeah, so it's it's there visually, but it's it's really in the tone of the quests that I got to do. And... Even the quests for supposedly the good guys have like an edge of, mm, I, I'm not sure that I, that you can trust these people. Um, so <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's a lot to that. Again, try not to spoil anything. Yeah. One of the things that I really feel about Diablo four is that it's brought sanctuary itself into center stage as a character. Of course, Diablo has been set on sanctuary since day one, but it's had kind of a, a limited field of vision, you might say. Yeah, and, it's uh, about this one person chasing this other thing. And yeah. it's like, it's almost, it's almost like they took Diablo 2's story, 
which is also to a degree Diablo 3 story in terms of the whole mm. hero chases after threat. They took it and they flipped it where it's still basically that is happening, but that's no longer important. What's important is this completely messed up world that you're in and, and exploring every twisted little nook and cranny of it. It's, it's like an, you know, an English muffin of, of evil. Uh, (laughs) there are diablo 4 is packed with side quests which is something diablo has not usually done it is Mm -mm. chock full of side quests each of which have you know their unique flavor tell little story snippets usually about how horrible sanctuary is and uh introduce you to new characters so you really get this feeling of the world, this vast world, and it is an open world game. You can go, you have tons of space to explore, even in the beta where you just have one zone, mm-hmm. yep. one zone in the beta. I didn't even explore all of it after playing all weekend. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there are lots of open world events that you just run into when you find something bad happening and you hopefully fix it and rescue villagers or kill demons or whatever happens in the event. I just um, stumbled into the butcher and got my head cut off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so, all that uh, happened. I didn't get to do anything. Cause it was just me. Nobody yeah, else. Was apparently, in, so I just walked into him and died. Apparently the butcher just randomly spawns in places. And I was just watching a video of, of uh, someone fighting him. He is super fast. You cannot yes. outrun him. He has, if you do outrun him, he has like a hook thing that he grabs you with. And it's just, it looks like a world of bad. So just sometimes he pops up and probably, probably murders you because that's yeah. just. Unless that's you got a bunch of people thing. with you. You got a lot of people yeah. with you. I don't see any way around it. And I mean, that's, that's the other thing. Uh, Diablo 4 is inherently multiplayer. It's there are other people in the game world who you will just run into while you wander around. You will find other people in town. You will there. Are, so if you go up and you're doing an event, you may see other people. Other people may come and help you do it. Other people may be doing it and you may stumble in and uh, finish it off for them. You know, yeah. it's it makes the whole thing a very different dynamic. And but you don't uh, have very, to. Like I will point out that to pursue the story, uh, you do not at all have to group up. Oh no! You, you could not. just you could just go from place to place, do the stuff you want to do. You could completely see the game that way. Uh, it's just there always. It's it's sort of like the early days of playing on an MMO, like going back to like late early EverQuest or the first time WoW came out, and you didn't really know anything about an MMO, hmm. so you didn't have to group up because you didn't know you, <laughs> you could even. So it's it's weirdly like that. Like you can totally do stuff with people. Uh, couch co-op is absolutely a thing and a really good thing in this that I in my opinion. But there's a there's a lot of honestly the game it reminds me of the most that I've played recently is probably Cyberpunk 2077. In terms of like when Liz is saying that Sanctuary is a character, she's not kidding. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the whole point of it, right? Sanctuary was always a character in Diablo. It just never really got to have this full attention as it yeah. it really has been getting recent uh, recent, right? Like so. Yeah, this yeah. this game is is seriously like it is focused around that concept of here is the world itself. I I was saying like a character almost feels like it's not really giving full credit to what sanctuary is doing. Sanctuary sets the tone. It sets the mood. It is at once a character and the setting and every place you go is Mm -hmm. like some facet of it. Like when you go on deep into the earth or when you're wandering around, it's slowly you just hit a bunch of werewolves. 
Like, why are mm-hmm. these werewolves here? What did I miss? Why am I suddenly being attacked by werewolves? <laughs> there are a lot of werewolves here. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. I just got hammer of the ancients. I'm going to hammer these werewolves. Okay, good. Yes. I'm now free of werewolves. Nope. There's more werewolves. Okay. Could someone explain to me why there's werewolves? Perhaps this, this dungeon next to me would help. Oh, okay. I'll go into the dungeon. Full of werewolves. Yeah. It, it's just like, <laughs> it, it's really, I, I cannot explain to you like how it feels like an organic thing that is happening and not just, oh, well, the game needs you to get some levels, so here's stuff to fight. No, you feel like you just got jumped. That is, that's a very difficult thing to make feel natural too, right? Like, I don't think that that can be under, like, I think you're understating if that's how it feels, how good of a job they did then. I'm not even, not gotten around to saying how good of a job they did yet. I mean, just talking about what they did. Yeah, you're right in in that it is not easy. Liz, you were just, I heard you talking, so. Um, I, I mean, that's the other thing. The world has full of dungeons and it has like tiny dungeons called cellars that are just a couple of rooms, like one little encounter. And then there are big dungeons that you uh, go through until you meet a boss at the end. Uh, you can do all of these solo or you could do it in a group. And I actually feel like I should have done more of them in a group uh, because the bosses. Okay. What did you feel about the bosses, Matt? Because I felt bosses, when I ran into them, were very, very difficult to kill. Bosses is exactly what I was talking about when I said suddenly it's like two Diablo 2s, Diablo 3s. Yeah, yeah. You need need pinpoint response time. You need to, to save your escape button until that guy is winding up with whatever the heck that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the times, if you've, if you've moved your camera in closer to, to look at your character, that is a mistake on a boss fight. You move that camera back. You need to see the whole area. You need to, because stuff will come at you real fast. Uh, boss stuff, I mean, the first time I died, and I died a couple of times, I, mm-hmm. I, I put it up to, what's, what's the second one is Veteran. Veteran, I think, yes. I was playing on World State 2, and the first time I died was on a boss fight just because I just ran out of everything. Like, I ran out of healing potion, I ran out of escape, and it was just so much stuff to kill at once. And the boss kept coming in and dropping that super hammer ability on the ground. And if, like, if you were standing in it, you just basically, if you didn't hit your potion right then, you're dead. And if you hit your potion four times, you're dead because you've just used up all your potion. Um and then you're at the mercy of do they drop little spheres or not? Do they drop new yeah. potion resets? Um, so it's kind of a combination of the way Diablo Immortal worked and the way Diablo 3 worked. And I got to say, it is my least favorite part of the whole thing. I don't like having my potion have limits, but I don't like having my potion have a cooldown. And well, I had that in Diablo 3. I get why they did it. It's more like it's more like an Estus uh, flask almost, right? Like it's yeah, got charges. It's- it's, got, it's very similar. Let's, it's almost exactly like they did it in Diablo Immortal in terms of the charges uh, of the potion. Yeah, let's step back and explain how the potions actually work. You have a number of charges of your potion. You can use them as often as you want. You can use all of them at once if you'd like to, but then you're going to be out. Yeah, and you're then once you're be, out, yeah. You're, you're going to be out until like a monster you hit drops a healing orb, which doesn't heal you it recharges a charge of your potion or you visit like a healer in town so or if there's a healing well you can hit that and it will not only yeah. heal you it will automatically completely reset your your potion thing so, so if you have good. if you have full charges of your potion and the healing orb or a healing item drops do you get healed without having to use the potion nope. or does it force you to use no. the potion in order to, you have to use the potion and then, and then pick it up i don't and know how i feel about there. that also, they decay over time, so they won't just sit there forever if you don't pick it up. Yeah. 
I don't know your how I feel about is, that. Yeah, uh, if your health is even down a little, your best bet is yeah, use the potion, get yourself up to full health, and run over the new one. Because otherwise, they'll just be gone. I, I, I would rather that they that they healed you if you were out of, if you were full up on potions, but that's just me. Um, I will say a couple of things about this. You can upgrade your potions. You can visit the alchemist in town and at certain mm-hmm. levels, you can make your potions stronger or you can visit, uh, wait, not visit. As you level up through an area, you collect renown. Guess what? There's renown. There's reputation in Diablo. Now you connect, you collect renown by doing things by clearing dungeons, by doing quests, side quests, clearing strongholds. And uh, as you collect renown, you get rewards at each rank of renown. Yeah, that sounds pretty familiar now that I'm saying it like that. Yeah. yeah and uh, yeah, some of them, some of the ranks of reward, it's like one extra potion charge. So after playing through a lot of the first zone, I have five potion charges. You start with three. Uh, so you can keep working this up until you're a little, you've got a few more tools. Yeah, and there's actually, in addition to stuff that Liz was talking about, there's also the Altars of Lilith. Mm -hmm. Um, The Altars of Lilith are really interesting because when you click on one of them, they're they're scattered throughout Sanctuary. They're in various places. When you click on one of them, you get a permanent buff to your account. So any characters you make will have that buff when you start a new game. So if you're playing on a Barbarian, because it is the best class, and why wouldn't you start on a Barbarian? What's wrong with you? Because drugs Um, exist. They don't Mm -hmm. exist. Uh, we're playable this weekend. Uh, anyway, but, but, you know, seriously, barbarian better, but but whatever class you choose to play first, you play a necro, you play a a druid, whatever. Your first character goes through and collects these things. Then you start, say your sorceress or, or rogue character. That character has all those Lilith's uh, altars of Lilith buffs that you collected already. So it's, it's like a built in system. It makes your character stronger, but it also makes all your alts stronger from the get go. So it, it, it makes it easier to level an alt. It's um, it's a lot of little stuff. It's like plus two intellect, plus two, the, you know? Yeah, it's like it's, little tiny, tiny stat buffs, but they're going to add up. And they're really they're like, much more helpful at level one than yeah, they are when you're like yeah. level 50 and you've got a bunch of them. You probably I, will barely notice them, but your level one character will notice them. There's, there's also a ton of shrines of Lilith throughout the world. I thought I had explored the entire first zone. I thought I had been everywhere and seen everything. And I I checked the renown information and it was like, I had not collected like a third of the altars of Lilith in the zone. So yeah, they are everywhere. They're everywhere, but they're hidden off in little corners of the world. You're really encouraged to explore, to find these little things like the cellars, the little mini dungeons, the bigger dungeons, which uh, not only offer you loot, but also unlock uh, powers in your codex of power. I think I have all those words right, which you can are like are like legendary powers that you can apply to gear. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's it's instead of like finding a legendary and just taking it apart well, and then having it in Kanai's cube. Which is still actually also there, I think. Yeah, you can. It's it's not Kanai's Cube anymore, which I yeah, it's some guy. Sad. I'm kind of sad about not having Kanai's Cube anymore. But uh, yeah, you can you can do the same thing. You disenchant your legendaries essentially to get that power, and it's but, the same system. You can yeah. use one or the other to power up other gear. Yeah, you can do that, or you can just get them for completing a dungeon or killing mm-hmm. a, a rare thing outside in the world. I, I just got like one where it like adds ice damage to all of my weapon attacks. Nice. Uh, 
just from completing a dungeon just before they shut the servers down. I was like, mm -hmm. I got it. I, I teleported out to go to the guy. I didn't have enough money. And then the server went down. <laughs> and I was like, ah, but you know, I'll, I'll start playing again Friday because the open beta will start. And I, I will be sitting there like a demented monkey going, please give me my flicks. Please give me my fix. Did, yeah, did you, did you get a chance to play any of the strongholds? Just one of them. Uh, yeah, I did. I don't two, know if it, the one that's two like, of the three. When you're heading up, and then suddenly it's like, go here, and so you turn and you go there. And next thing you know, what the heck is happening? Uh, it was like that. So yeah, I, I didn't get a lot done in the stronghold, honestly, mm -hmm. but I was there. Uh, just they, they've built them into the world. Yeah, so well, much it, so that it's actually kind of hard to know you're there. Like you're like I mean, whoa. I, they're I like red accidentally. Yeah, I they're like red icons on the map, and that's about it. But it's like they're just little kind of hard things to do, but you can still do them completely solo. Mm -hmm. uh, I went into one, and I'm level 25, which is the max level of the beta, and everything around me was level 27, and I'm like freaking out. Like, have I gone into the wrong place? No, it's just strongholds are kind of like WoW dungeons. They're scaled a little higher than you all the time. Yeah, that's and. Like after you clear the stronghold, the little, the world around it changes and it stays changed. So like I cleared out this area and once I did, once I killed all of these cultists, maybe, um, then there was just, there was a town, the town that was there before the cultists came in is now there again. And there's also a dungeon that I can go into and kill more of the cultists who are hiding in the dungeon, I guess. And, but it's interesting. You could go and have this, impact on the world by clearing out these areas it's another part of like sanctuary being a character and the evolution of sanctuary being such a big part of the world yeah because when you first start playing this game I, again try not to spoil the story so i'm not going to specifics but basically you start this game and sanctuary is a flaming bag of of dog excrement well we know that's that been left that's... On, it's been left yeah but you, you know it but you definitely <laughs> felt it until you start the game and start playing it and you go through a couple of things and you realize, oh, wow, no, this is much worse than I thought. And it it's just every, you know, there are just little bits of NPC text, little text you can read just on items, things you can click on. And it, it paints a picture of a world that's very dour. That's actually one of my concerns about the game, that it may be, it may turn into something that is too crushingly depressing. So interestingly enough, that, that might be there. Go ahead, Joe. So interestingly enough, I was talking with uh, my partner at the shop and he said the same thing. Like he was just like, I expected it to be dark, but I did not expect it to be that dark. And I'm like, I, maybe this is just me, but from the way they described it, when they announced like where the story was going to go and stuff like that. And like what the starting up point is, which is essentially like, by the way, you kind of screwed over the world in uh, Diablo three a little bit because, you know, Malfield did a whole bunch of stuff and we didn't we didn't exactly help things. Um, I expected it to be like really, really dark and like almost like I expected it to give Games Workshop a run on Grimdark. And here's the thing, though. Let me let me put it this way. I would say it's not Grimdark. Really? Interesting. Grimdark, would... Grimdark feels like it's doing it for Grimdark purposes. Like we're Grimdark because we're Grimdark. This mm -hmm. game feels like you have it's like you you get up. You put on your armor, you're going out to try and fix it, but you have no idea how to fix it. And even the people who are supposed to be helping you fix it are not really good at it. Um, there's <laughs> one character named Vigo. Oh. And, and I, I mean, I actually found myself liking Vigo. 
Yeah, I also liked Vigo. But man, Vigo was incompetent. Did you did you play through the end of that story with Vigo? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's the thing. Again, it reminds me of Cyberpunk 2077, where like a lot of the time you do your best and nothing works out. Uh, or, and, go ahead. You know, you do your best and you it does work out because I think in the end Vigo did something good, something positive, but it may not work out for you or work out as well as you intend or in the way you intend. Yeah, uh, like or the like the bit with uh I can't remember her name, but the the mother character that's like going you're you're yes, following in the footsteps. Yes. Where it's like, you know, I, I did not intend this to happen, but and the daughter's like, I don't want to hate you. I don't want to hate you. And you're like, I mean, my other option was to stand there and let you get stabbed. I, I <laughs> you know, it's, but it, it is interestingly like, I, I feel like I, I'm pretty well informed as to the lore of Diablo, as opposed to mm-hmm. some people who are mm-hmm. asking questions in, in staff chat as to is, did Lilith and, and Denarius having a child? Was that common? No, I'm like for three games. Uh, <laughs> but I got to say that I was, caught off guard by how effectively they make you understand it. Hmm. It's, not, it's one thing to know it because you're a gamer and you've read books before and you've played the other games. So yeah, of course I was expecting it to be dark, but I wasn't expecting to actually feel like betrayed or soul crushingly. Like did anything I do here matter? Like, hmm. and I do think that could get to be too much. Um, yeah. But there are moments like, when, when, can I, all right, this is going to have to be a spoiler thing, guys. I'm sorry. I've been trying really hard, but I have to give you a spoiler for this. Do you guys remember Tyriel's young buddy who is so full of enthusiasm and life, Lorath? Yeah. He comes back and so he's been precious. crushed by life. Yeah. yeah. And, but he's great. I heard, he's I, heard great. I heard my grumpy grandpa is back and I'm happy about that. <laughs> he's, he's basically like a combination of Deckard Kane and Zoltan Cool. Like if one guy was both Deckard Kane and Zoltan Cool, that's what Lorath is like. And he has like absolutely funniest three line section I've ever heard in a Diablo game. Just the funniest freaking quote, which I'm not going to quote for you because it spoils too much. But when he said it, I bust out laughing, but it wasn't necessarily entirely a funny laugh. Some of it was a little bit like, yay, Lorath is like this. If Lorath is like this, what the heck hope did anybody else have? And there's a lot of stuff we still don't know. We don't know about a lot of people from Diablo 3. Um, there's no oh, sign yeah. of most of them. But so, but Lorath Which makes sense, great. right? Because like story-wise, didn't like most of the people in Diablo 3 like, go bye-bye? Well, I think it was something this... between 10 and 40% of the world died. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember the number. <laughs> We're we're also like what thirty years, twenty years after Diablo at three. Least, is, yeah, thought, it feels like it's got to be at least thirty years. I thought they Just said like I thought out. they said twenty five in an interview. Maybe. I don't remember, yeah, but it's, it's in there. We're it's, it's easily that many years, if not it's, more than that. Yes, because I it's mean, just yeah, it it is. Oof. Out out of everything, out of everything in Diablo four so far, there is one line that really stuck with me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it because it's not a spoiler. It's just a little side NPC said this. And I think it's kind of paints a picture of how kind of sad and wounded the world is. You uh, run by this woman who's at a grave. And if you talk to her, she says it's, she doesn't talk to you. She's talking to the grave. She says, it's so quiet at home now. It's so quiet. There's no snoring. There's no snoring. I can't sleep without you snoring. And it's just. That's heart wrenching, right? It's yeah. so crushing. and Because it's real. Into, 
it's it, very real. Exactly. Yeah. You can feel that. Yeah. That's, it's not like, you know, my, my family was eaten by like, you know, wandering ghouls. That's horrible. But the little detail of missing the yeah. people who are gone and, you know, mm -hmm. it's just all over the place. Um, like you have never felt for the people of sanctuary. You never got to know the people of sanctuary. You never saw how the world as it was affected the people of sanctuary. You're already always off on adventures trying to stop the world from ending, but you never like sit and talk to the people and you can see, you can see what the were what this endless war between angels and demons playing out on sanctuary has done to the place. And, and it's awful. And I think that's sort of the important thing, right? Because the heroes of the game, the Nephilim, the backstory for all of them is this, in essence, like trying to save humanity. And so reconnecting with humanity and, and I'm using humanity in a general term here, not just, mm -hmm. not just people, but like the concept of civility and, and prosperity and health and happiness and all that other good stuff that are included in here. Like you're going to war essentially with the demons to protect the world and try to save that. But that is something that I think all of the games previous to if say immortal maybe does this a little bit. Um, they, they sort of don't touch on because you only ever deal with small sections of humanity in Diablo one and, and Diablo two, you really like Diablo one, you deal with Tristan in Diablo. Yeah, you don't ever leave it. You don't ever leave it. Um, and it's a very small outpost of a town, right? It's not a very large town in Diablo two. You're moving from camp to camp to camp. Uh, in Diablo three, you are your major settlements, but they're, major settlements are almost like battlements, right? They're, they're almost like forts. They're not the same thing as a living bustling city. And I when feel you like the maps in a, like a, in, in like a MOBA game. Yeah. Ex you just very run much so. from section to section and you just, what you care about is how does this environment complicate me smashing things? And, and, <laughs> and, and, and that's true. And I think that, and we've talked about this in the past, Diablo as a game has never really been uh, about the conveying of the story in game. Most of the story of Diablo has been conveyed outside of game, whether it's in books or comics or, or what have you. And it feels like with Diablo four and in Diablo immortal started this because they tried to do story stuff and, and, mm -hmm. and actually have that contained in immortal. But Diablo four is the first Diablo game that really truly is trying to have a full experience. It's connecting you, you to the world and it's connecting you to the story. Okay. To go along with that. Do you guys remember when gears of war started actually being about people? Yeah. And then Rod Ferguson left, uh, Epic games you know, gears studio to go r run Diablo. And now where is he now? Yeah. He's currently the, the head of Diablo. Yeah. yeah. And that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. This is about. not a coincidence. It feels like, you know, that was a, a really smart move because they've got somebody who understands, okay, the smashy is great. The, the, the gore and, and explosions, wonderful. I love those things. But what does this do to people? Like, what does it do when you look out the window and your husband is talking to some weird pale woman and when you say, hey, get away from her, they run off into the woods together and her feet don't touch the ground. And now you're like, you're reduced to begging some random stranger to take you out into the woods to find your husband. Like, and like, it's not just about, you know, Oh, I'm here to do a quest. It's, it's about the aftermath when you're done fighting these things and you, you walk back and say, well, I, I smashed the demon and she's like, yeah, whatever. And it's like, Whoa, 
You know, it's, it is really something to see. Uh, I will say that for this. I'm interested in playing it to see just how it gets. Like, how far down mm-hmm. does it go before we start to feel some actual hope? Um, I mean, you could, if we got to the point where there's never any hope, then I would be unhappy with it and I would probably stop playing. I don't, but I don't. Go ahead. I don't feel like there's no hope and you're like, you're constantly fighting this darkness, but there are some, all of these little moments of like really crushing sadness and, you know, just yeah. little, mm-hmm. little bits here and there where you're just, it re- it's really driven home. What a horrible place this war has made sanctuary. Yeah. And how, like one of the things they talked about in the press for it, it was how it, this is a world where the formerly great nations are gone. Mm. Like there's all authority is fairly local. You're, you're going from town to town. So in a way it's constantly going from Tristram to Tristram to a new different Tristram with its own problems. And you get to see how these people live here. And so instead of that problem, they have this problem. And like this one, the, the place is surrounded by ghouls and vampires. This one where you were before, it's not ghouls and vampires. I don't know what's going on with these things, but they're definitely not ghouls and vampires. Uh, and that definitely is like that sense of like, what was the, you know, all, all, all happy marriages are the same. All, you know, all unhappy marriages are different. Like they're unhappy in their own way. It feels like all of sanctuary is unhappy in its own way. Which is kind of the point, right? Like it's, it's kind of, but I mean, you to go back to your point about hope, that is sort of one of those things that I'm interested to see how things are going to progress story-wise with it. Because I think players in general, if you are in an environment where, you are constantly Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill Mm -hmm. and there is no reprieve. You stop playing the game. It's exhausting. Unless the only thing you care about is loot pinata. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like having little tiny elements to drag players along, I think is important. Having uh, positive impacts, having those, those flares of hope, because that is sort of the core of Diablo in general too. And I think, you know, with the current head of Diablo now and knowing where gears of war did that and what they did with that. Cause it was very similar with gears of war. Like there's a, there is a lot of crossover between these two games, even though they're, they're completely different genres, right? It was a battle to save humanity. It was supposed to be hopeless except for this tiny glimmer of hope that everybody latches onto and fights for. And Diablo is very much that same way, at least now, I don't want to say it really started to be that way in Diablo three because Diablo one was about discovering what was causing that despair. Diablo two was the aftermath of discovering that despair and its effect on the larger world as a whole. Diablo three is the flaring of that sort of damnation uh, that caused everything to sort of shatter, but at the glimmer of it was still the hope of if we can get through this, we can put everything back together again. And now you have Diablo four, which is the aftermath of that, which I think is very, very interesting is if you connect all of, all of them together and immortal somewhere in there as well. I don't even know what the point of immortal story was aside from being a vehicle to, to bridge games, which might actually just be the point of it. Um, but when you string them all together, it leads you to this point where, it's a cohesive story from front to back, but it needs that element of hope to draw the player along to sort of keep you going because what's the next logical step? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do think that there will be hope there. Uh, I think that look what Liz mentioned, the Vigo story, you get the sense that it's not necessarily what you wanted, 
But Vigo did do a good thing with his life. Hmm. At the end, he did do a good thing. Um, I'll be... Yeah. I'll be very curious to have this conversation again next week because I assume Joe is playing the beta this weekend. Oh, you bet you're, you bet you're oh. sweet behind I am. I'm absolutely <laughs> doing it. I get to play a druid. We're going. He will be druid. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see if Joe feels the same way we do about the state of the world not quite being... It's dark, but it doesn't feel grim dark. And there is like this little element of hope. Like somehow... It's. It doesn't quite feel like a world of complete despair, but it's. You, know, I was you feel some this. despair. Yeah, definitely the despair is there. But it, it's honestly, when I feel one of the things that it does keep from every single Diablo game beforehand is that you're playing the one person who just won't lay down. Everything is telling you you should just give up, just lay down, don't just stop trying. The world is doomed. The, the you know greatest demon monsters of history are here. Nothing can be done. Everyone's telling you this, and you just won't do it. You just won't. It doesn't matter what your character's motivation is. Like the wizard in D3, where you're just a selfish slinger of spells, but you're not going to be told by some demon that it's pointless. I have power to accrue, and you're getting out of my way. Or you're like the, the, the characters from the first Diablo game, who are like, this, this town needs my help. I'm not going to stop. Or if you're like the characters from Diablo two, where it was very much, you know, if, if the world is doomed, then I'm going out fighting these things. Uh, there's like a lot of different, and in this game, your character, at least I played the barbarian. So maybe it's different for other characters. The barbarian just definitely is like a, no, this must be stopped. Well, the barbarians are also and, like ancient, ancient protectors of the world in that regard too. Right. Yeah. Like, but it's just the, the no nonsense. Uh, no, I, I am not letting this happen. Uh, we are going to stop it. And I, I just liked it. I liked the tone of it where the, the character fully accepts that this is like ridiculously dangerous and has a very poor, like very low chance of survival, but someone has to do it. So it might as well be me, uh, which does itself kind of lend hope to what could otherwise be a hopeless proceeding. Um, I don't think of anything else. We should, we should probably mention that uh, just for people who like me thought that this might happen. Diablo four is not going to be on game pass. Microsoft Game Pass, it's not going to be there. I'm surprised by that a little bit, but also curious if that'll shift in the future. I mean, it might shift in the future, but, you know, who knows? That that sale acquisition thing is years away. Liz, I'm sorry. Specifically, they said there are no plans to put it on Game Pass, and I feel like this is very, this very likely means that we're not definitely not getting it on Game Pass at release, but we may get it in a year or two when it's a slightly older game. We're just not getting... The launch day I'm, of Diablo. I'm curious if it's going to wind up like what they did with Diablo three, where, um, you know, it was shipped, and then after a while they gave. Like we talked about this, I think a few weeks ago, Matt Matt brought it up because I I legitimately forgot this happened until he brought it up, which was if you subscribe to WoW for a year, you got Diablo three for free and and all this stuff. Uh, maybe it is something that after it ages a little bit, maybe not even a year. They, they start looking at ways to try to entice players into it again. Um, because that's always the, the biggest point with Diablo, right? Like it's, while it is going to have a battle pass, um, which is not active and there's no inkling of it on the beta, right? There's nothing that, that showcases it no. at all. Yeah. Nope. Nothing from it. Okay. So, because even though it will have a battle pass and it's going to have ways to try to monetize the game that aren't a real money auction house, this, the meat of Diablo is still expanding your player base and trying to get as many people to play the game as possible or picking it yeah. up. And especially if the game pass or the 
uh, battle pass, whatever they call it, the Diablo pass, we'll, we'll call it the Infernal pass. Yeah, there we go. Um, if that's going to be the chief primary monetary don't uh, like monetary system for it, then you have to find ways to one make that enticing, but two get that game in people's hands. Yeah, that's that's true. I would love to keep talking about Diablo, but other stuff did happen, uh, and we're other like stuff. There's twenty only twenty minutes of show left for us to try to get through <laughs> everything else. So uh, I am going to have to say we're going to move on. I don't want to. I mean, I seriously could just talk about Diablo. Uh, I did get to play a little Rogue, and no, that's that's how you don't move on. Okay. <laughs> um, first off, there's some stuff that's just general. Uh, WoW patch 10.0.7 was released today. Um, my character is standing there uh, in Valdraken right now, so that's that's happening. We will probably talk more about that in a little bit. Just going to move on through some other stuff. Um, Started yesterday, I believe, the Trial of Style, yeah. which is going to the 24th, mm-hmm. also known as Matt can transmog and not have to spend all his money. This so is great. Much transmog. Uh, this should be not four days. This should be like ever, always, constantly. Yeah. I but, spent a couple hundred thousand gold this uh, this expansion in transmog yeah. alone. Yeah, I've, I've not lying. Everything. It's, it's super easy to spend your entire entire savings on transport. Oh, yeah, that's a great look, Cook. Oh, that was like 500 gold. Oh, I didn't notice. Oh, huh. Actually, this piece doesn't match in this lighting. I better no. change it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This and is then you yellow, but it's like not that hour. kind of golden yellow. This oh, my rate, has, a... my rate has decided that we have a color theme this night. I gotta I gotta match the color theme. Can't be the odd one out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's happening. So if you like to transmog and you'd like to not have to spend all your gold doing it, next few days, just go wild. Do any transmog you like. Um, there's also this one I wanted to mention because it is really interesting. The uh, Turbulent Timeways like, event is happening. And basically it means that for the, like, starting next week on the 28th and going until May 8th. So every week for six weeks, there'll be a different time walking uh, you know, period available from Cataclysm to Wrath of the Lich King with a bunch of stuff in between. Um, one of the things I noticed was that for this event, they are increasing the, if you complete the five time walking dungeons in the week, you get a piece of heroic gear uh, between 402 and 411 uh, item level instead of a normal uh, gear. So if you're, you know, already doing heroic and trying to get like that one last piece or whatever, or if you've just you've never done heroic and you're not likely to, this is a chance for you to get multiple pieces of heroic gear, uh, at least six. So, I mean, granted, what's going to happen is you're going to run it six times and you're going to get the same ring four times. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. But it's nonetheless, entirely possible. It's, it is, you know, it is now there. It's a way you can you can play solo, uh, queue up for for relatively. I mean, time walking dungeons aren't ever going to be the hardest thing you do in a week no so it's a nice return on your investment sort of thing in terms of getting loot for doing something that you can do pretty easily um and that's for the next six weeks and uh the other the other great thing about time walking weeks is during time walking weeks they boost the reputation you gain with factions associated with that expansion so it is a really good time to go back and work on those uh factions and collect any rewards they may have for, you know, maybe more transmog, maybe mounts, maybe pets, maybe just you like filling green bars, maybe all of the above. It's an awesome time to do those things during time walking. Yeah, and what we've got here is on the week of March 28th, the week will be a Cataclysm week. The week of April 4th, you're going to get Mists of Pandaria week. 
Uh, on April 11th, the week is going to be Warlords of Draenor. Um, a- April 18th and beyond, the week will be uh, giving you Legion. Uh, April 25th, you get the Burning Crusade. And on May 2nd, that's the Wrath of the Lich King week. Um, don't I think the only they, they, that's everything, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. that's all the only one that, that's not listed there is Battle for Azeroth. Which we don't have. Yeah, there's no Battle for Azeroth yeah. time walking yet. Yeah. So yeah, there's- it's pretty much everything we've got for time walking at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Um, I was actually really excited when I saw that. Uh, but yeah, so we got that. We've now... Okay, we're going to talk about patch 10.0.7, and we don't have a ton of time. So, Liz, uh, real fast, talk about the Paladin changes just so we can get time for me to look through this whole thing and see if I can pick anything <laughs> else up. Go. Uh, I mean, Retribution Paladins got a big rework this patch. Um and I don't usually play Retribution, but they changed around the core Paladin class tree as well. I play a Holy Paladin most of the time. And uh, you know what these core changes have done for me is added a ton of survivability. The range of my uh, melee attack and Crusader Strike, which Holy Paladins are melee, uh, doubled. I've doubled my melee range, so I don't have to stand there in the clustered, crowded melee and get hit by every AoE effect. Uh I have like 20% more armor and 10% more stamina. My movement skill is off the global cooldown and lasts 25% longer. I, I There's just so much. I have uh, self-healing by Crusader Strike. Uh, uh, it, it's just so much. It's such a big survivability buff. And Retribution Paladins also have... Um, also survivability, because Retribution Paladins were really fragile. I was actually pretty surprised when the Lizard says, yeah, this is actually the class and spec that dies the most, because I feel that when I'm playing Retribution, but I didn't know it was actually the case, not just being bad. So big survivability buffs. Retribution Paladins are also going to have significant damage buffs. They are aiming to make like each button press more impactful instead of feeling like you're hitting a mob with like a wet noodle. And uh, I, I mean, I'm hopeful that uh, starting today, I will no longer feel like I'm wearing paper plate armor instead of plate armor, which uh, some, sometimes you feel that. Sometimes, uh, yeah, you just die. But I'm so excited. I'm so excited to get in and play because uh, I may die slightly less. And that's how I outheal Joe in raids is that I have to live longer. So survivability is good. Survivability is good for my healing numbers. To be fair, you just have to outlive the druids. Yeah, that too. That too. Good luck on that. Um, <laughs> druids got an extensive rework as well. And so they did. I, I mean, there's it, a lot of, I don't think there's any class that didn't get changes, but uh, Warriors. Retribution- Warriors got nothing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Retribution got literally nothing. Yeah. Retribution got taken apart completely and put back together. There is not much of the original talent trees. They just whoosh. Yeah, they 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 uh did that with the Death Knights as well, I think. And uh Druids, uh, at least feral druids, I believe, got got us pretty significant revamp in that same way. But um in addition to all that, we're gonna go back to the Forbidden uh I want to say Forbidden Reach, but that is the name, right? Forbidden Reach. Yeah, I think it is. Going yes. back to the Forbidden Reach, there's going like, to be... Hmm? It's like you said that, and suddenly I started questioning it. Was it the Forbidden Reach? I thought it yeah. was the Forbidden Reach, but yeah. Yeah, the second that I doubt myself, it's the Centipede's Dilemma. My brain's like, How, which <laughs> one is it? Uh, but yeah, th- so we're going to go there. There's going to be the Zascara vaults, which are 
within the Forbidden Reach, which allows you to make the the Onyx Annulet Ring, yep. um, which is going to be an ascendingly good ring. It, it gets better and better as you add stuff to it. Um, so that's that's cool. Uh, that'll be useful for quite some time for people like me who are still rocking the 389 ring, and they only got that ring when they put in the uh, the new assaults in the last patch. Um, there's a new faction to, to get rep with. The Winterpelt Furball are now like an actual faction they get, and there's more stuff going on in the Azure uh, span. There's part of the whole the Blue Dragon quite Dragonfly quest standing there as well. Can we quickly point out that those Furball are amazing because they were they wear basically glasses and they look like they're just really cool dudes. <laughs> Sure, we can do that. I, yeah, I will point out that the Winter Pelts are not like a new renown that you have to grind through. They're no, a new faction yeah. that you can, uh, you can become friends with. Basically, it's also. Yeah, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. As I say, it's also a really interesting throwback because it's a reference to the uh, original Fearbulg in the Winterland that we dealt with when we, spring, yeah. yeah, when you had to go to Winterspring and you could grind faction with them so that they didn't kill you when you went through their tunnel. So it's an interesting. It's an interesting throwback moment. Also, then you would grind more rep with them to get the agility enchant that your wife, who was playing a hunter, really, really wanted. Mm-hmm. So you spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And as I said, it was one of WoW's... Original WoW had this thing where the more a faction started to like you, the more you loathed them. <laughs> because you had to do this awful thing forever to get them to like you. And by the time, they're like, you're one of the best people we've ever known. Like, you are garbage. Give me my agility enchant so I can leave. I never want to see you again until another expansion when I'm doing it again for a different group of you guys. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's happening. The also, when we're talking about that, the original four factions of, of this expansion, the, the dragon scale expedition, the, the Valdraken accord, the, uh, I can never remember the name of them. Uh, Tuscar. 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 The Maruk Centaur. Now we'll have these, envoys who go to uh the forbidden reach with us and you can pick one of them and when you do you basically gather rep with them by doing stuff in the uh forbidden reach it's not entirely different from how back in burning crusade you could like wear it to bard and get rep for running a dungeon but it's more involved it's like just basically i choose this week or i choose today to do stuff for you and then tomorrow you can choose somebody different so that's coming in there's new dragon riding stuff which is like woohoo you can you can hover you can stop suddenly. Uh, I don't. Is the ground skimming in yet? No, ground skimming is ten point one. But yeah. uh, this time we're gonna have we're gonna have a button that lets us stop midair and hover. I don't know exactly Ooh. how well that's gonna work, but and you know that's one of the things. Yes, yes it does mean there are more glyphs to get. Uh, so I'm looking. I'm looking forward to being able to stop instead of having to make this wild spinning dive towards the ground and missing it because I'm going so fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to be like, oops, I'm almost overshooting. <laughs> Bang. Yeah. Okay. Woo. Found it. Uh, <laughs> in addition, we're going to see like monks now have decided to start teaching Lightforge, Draenei, Gorgon, and Goblins. Yep. I feel like they must have been confused. Like they, we already teach Draenei, don't we? Wouldn't we already teach Draenei? <laughs> no, these are different Draenei. Oh, what are they different? They're brighter. Like smarter? No, literally, they just give off more light. Okay. <laughs> I guess we could teach them how to punch things. Sure. Uh, what about the 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 doggies? Is that going to be left outside? No, those are actual people. They're gonna. We're also going to teach them how to punch things. But they have huge fangs in their mouths. Yeah, they don't use them at all ever for anything. Okay, <laughs> sure. But the goblins. We're certainly not going to teach goblins. Oh no, we're absolutely going to teach goblins. They bought us Why? this new dojo. Dojo. Yeah, this dojo is entirely paid for by the goblins. 
<laughs> do we have to wear this jacket with the goblin face on it? I think we do. Yes. <laughs> also, we have to sell this powder that they made. Are the goblin the Cobra Kai of the game world? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> hmm, drink goblin powder. Why? Will it do anything for you? No, we're just getting paid to say it. I feel like we've lost the way, brother. Anyway, uh, they also new heritage armor for orcs and humans because both orcs and humans have a real lack of clothing to wear that in any way, shape, or form suggests that they are orcs and humans. So finally, we're getting that. Uh, I kid. But yeah, not, I en- not enough this. skulls or spikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm actually really happy with both of the armors, especially the orc stuff. It looks really cool. Yeah, the um, orc stuff is really cool. I really like it. There's, um, yeah, there's a lot. There is a lot going on. Uh, there's also a ton of stuff to collect on the for, on the Forbidden Reach because, you know, Blizzard will not ever not do that because as Tyrion Fordring once said in a comedy sketch that, that our departed comrade Ian Stickney wrote in, in work chat, he has discovered that if you dangle little tiny cute kittens or big bat things to ride around, you can get adventurers to do anything. Do you need it's adventurers true. to just clean it's your true. room? Just to offer them a kitten. <laughs> If you clean my room 500 times, you'll get this kitten. All right, kitten. <laughs> sure. So anyway, yeah, that, there is a lot going on in this patch. It is live now. We have six minutes. I think we've gone through enough I, of it. Go I, ahead. I want, to, I want to point out one more thing, which kind of got added to the patch pretty late, is okay. that uh, if you weren't playing during Battle for Azeroth, you can now fly in Battle for Azeroth without the Battle for Azeroth Pathfinder achievement, yes. which... Yeah, absolutely. Which That's is great. That is great because Battle for Azeroth Pathfinder, that was that was a that was job. So, oh yeah. Yes. I mean I I did it, but for oh, my yeah, wife, I did too. Do it, I, I'm super happy for her and anybody else. Um, because having to go back to Battle for Azeroth and grind flying is just not oh, yeah. something you should have no, to do. No, no. Uh, it is it is terrible. You shouldn't have to do it. I'm glad you won't have to go to, to gadget. Whatever the heck it was, Mechagon? Yeah. You don't have to go to <laughs> Mechagon Island and just round them around and hope that the thing you need to kill is up. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh, God. I remember at one point having to stop because I was just cl- just this close to Exalted, but the things were all dead, and I couldn't find them. And I couldn't get my rep up, and I was like, ah! No more quests, and everything's dead! Nah! So, yes. Very good. That is good. You are right. Uh, well, there's also a ways to get Twitch drops. We have a post on the site about them. There's yet more Twitch drops. Uh, one of them is the disco toy. Um, I, I don't know what that is. It's like, it's like a disco ball. It's a disco yeah. ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a, like portable in a box disco with ball. a spring. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, if you're it just wandering a... around Azeroth and you want a disco ball, then you can't like always hang it from the ceiling because there's not always a ceiling to hang your disco ball from. So it like it pops out of a box and then it's a disco ball. Wasn't that also a TCG thing? If I remember yeah, wrong. It is, it is, yeah. The article says TCG exclusive. Yep. So, yeah, we're getting a lot of like between um, Twitch drops and the um, trading post. Trading post. Thank you. My God. <laughs> I love the trading post. Yeah, between those things, we're getting a lot of stuff that we couldn't get anymore or hadn't gotten in a while. So that's that's pretty cool. Basically, according uh-huh. to this article that, that Calcius wrote, um, you log into your Twitch account, you go to the Battle.net connection pane. If you haven't already done that, uh, you just log on in there and, and connect up your two accounts. And once you do that, it'll give you instructions and then you watch a stream. And the stream has to be one of the ones that is part of this, but basically anything that's streaming World of Warcraft will work. I believe it's like a four hours you need to watch total. Yeah. And then that's what it was. The, I think that's what it always is. Yeah. That's what you, you get this, uh, 
this thing. And it's basically starting. It started on 10 a.m. today as we're recording this, March 21st. And the drops are available for two weeks until April 2nd uh, at about, I want to say, midnight. Yeah, midnight on April 3rd. Uh, or, you know, no, midnight April 2nd, uh, like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, April 3rd, if you're doing GMT. So if you're over in Europe, that's that's for them. And, yeah, so two weeks Watch four hours of World of Warcraft on Twitch, and you can get yourself a disco ball. I'm if doing it. You're going I need a disco ball. I never got that yes. card. It's one card I didn't get. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah, we should mention that, and we have mentioned that, so now I feel good about that, but we still have three minutes, blah, blah, blah. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, okay, we can br- we can briefly mention this one. Um, did we? We mentioned the trial style, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and we mentioned that the open beta is this weekend coming. Yes. So if you're listening to mm-hmm. this on Friday – you can you can download Diablo four and play it right now. Yeah, we talked about that at the beginning. Um, that, that, well, let me go in and clarify some things about that. Diablo four has an open beta weekend starting on uh, March twenty fourth this Friday at nine a.m. Pacific, lasting until Monday at noon Pacific. So you have all weekend. You can play any class you want up to level twenty five and explore uh, the first big zone. And do the whole Act One quest, which I can't wait to play Act Two to see what happens. Yeah, it is ah, crazy. Yes, but, I want to know more. I want to play more. And yet, here I am. Here so I that's am. happening. Uh, I will. Mm-hmm. There's one post we could talk about really fast. Uh, there's been data mining that has indicated that 10.1 will include some some strings in the text that indicate that there might be hardcore mode on some servers in in. World of Warcraft, retail World of Warcraft. Previously, they put in stuff like the iron, like the 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 mark of iron, in WoW Classic to allow players to do their own hardcore mode, kind of like to track. Oh, he's got that debuff. He died once, so he's out of the club. But this will apparently be much more like what we have in Diablo, where if you click the hardcore box and your character dies, they're dead. It's like Diablo. Yes, yeah. I like. I mean, we it's... don't know, but but we don't know. We don't know how it's going to work. All we have are a few things in the code that have been data mined out. This could be nothing. It could be something. Yeah. It could be player based, like the stuff in the trial in the uh, season of mastery stuff was for uh, WoW Classic. Don't know. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of people playing this way already, just for fun. Mm-hmm, yeah. Particularly in Classic, but you do have people who just enjoy playing this way. And uh, for them, yeah, I I hope they enjoy this. I hope we get more ways for more people to enjoy the game because that is great. Yeah, absolutely. I would never in a million years do this. <laughs> no, no way. I've still got my original character. How many times he's died? <gasps> oh, my Lord. No, no way. Yeah. I, I could never yeah. give him up and I could never like let him be dead. So, But, but that doesn't mean other people shouldn't get to do it. Uh, and absolutely, I think... One of the things I'm thinking of is that this could be broadened up to stuff like, for instance, complete solo mode, where the dungeons and, and so forth are set down kind of the way they are in Diablo 4, where you could go in and run them, and they're challenging, but you could do them solo and do the whole game solo. That could be like a, a clicker you could have. And the thing is, is in order for that to work, they'd have to change the way healing items work and so forth. Therefore, if you click that switch, you can't go back to playing anything. Like you are, you are committed to playing this game solo. Uh, I don't know if they're never going to do that, but it's just one idea that that comes to mind in terms of ways you could make the game different in an optional way. Uh, Because that's the thing. I think you have to make this stuff optional. New game modes really do need to be optional, in my opinion. Uh, Joe? I got nothing. Okay. Uh, Liz, did you get to say everything you wanted to? Uh, Yeah. All right. Then that means... 
Unless mm-hmm. we want to spend another half hour talking about Diablo Four, which want uh, to, yes, mm-hmm. but I I need to do things yeah. like, like eat and yeah. feed my like animals and so yeah. forth. Yeah, uh, we, we're a minute Always over. <laughs> we're a minute over, and the one email we got this week is enormous. So yeah, mm-hmm. very little chance of us doing that. So I'm going to close out just saying that again. I'm going to repeat this, and I'm going to ask Joe and Liz to to make a statement about it too. Like just. Anything you want to say about Diablo 4 from your perspective as we're heading towards the open beta weekend. For me, I do stand by my statement that I think this might be the most polarizing Diablo game ever. Uh, But I also think it might be the best one ever. Uh, It's definitely got the ability. It's, it feels much more like a game that it would not surprise me. People are still playing 10 years down the road. Whereas when, when I realized just before everything happened with the, the releases that Diablo three was on its 11th year, I was like, wow, I did not call. I would not have called that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that. So, yeah, that that's my thing. Uh, I'm going to pick Joe. Joe, you have anything? I have a feeling that this could be, this is poised to potentially be the most played Diablo game. I think it has the potential to reach a wider audience than some of the other ones, even including Diablo 3. Okay. Liz? Uh, I Go play it. Go play it. It's open beta weekend. You should go and give it a try and form your own opinions. I think the open world is like the killer feature of Diablo 4. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting to go out and explore and do the side quests and learn the stories. And it just feels, it feels like a real place. Go give it a try. Maybe it's, maybe it's your thing. Maybe it's not, but hey, it's free to play this weekend. Go check it out. All right. Well, now I'm going to like look expectantly at Joe, like a puppy that wants the cookie. You know, you know, you could just say go. <laughs> yeah, but I like to like be more warm than that. That's Plus, I want to All right. Well, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Joe. And thank you for Liz for basically being able to do the entire first 10 minutes of the show completely <laughs> by yourself. That made my life a lot easier. Um, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, we basically would have liked to talk even more about Diablo 4, and I'm sure we're going to. So, you know, strap in, guys. Uh, it's going to be a lot of Diablo for the next few months. And then when it comes out, there's going to be a lot of Diablo. So, yeah, just, just be ready for that. Um, thank you guys so much for being here with us. And we'll be back next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.